Hey everyone, you can listen to all seasons of As She Rises, including the new season three, ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hey everyone, it's Grace. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another podcast I work on at Wonder Media Network called Womanica. It's a five-minute daily podcast about women from history, and this month's theme is Indigenous Women. Every month has a different theme, which is an incredibly cool way to learn about a broad cross-section of women we may not have learned about in school. But this month in particular is powerful, and I think As She Rises listeners will get a lot out of it. Head on over to Omanica, that's W-O-M-A-N-I-C-A, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the show. Okay, my name is Joy Harjo, and this is a poem, Speaking Tree, which is in Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. And it begins with a quote by the poet and novelist Sandra Cisneros. I had a beautiful dream I was dancing with a tree. Some things on this earth are unspeakable. Genealogy of the broken, a shy wind threading leaves after a massacre or the smell of coffee and no one there. Some humans say trees are not sentient beings, but they do not understand poetry. Nor can they hear the singing of trees when they are fed by wind or water music, or hear their cries of anguish when they are broken and bereft. Now I am a woman longing to be a tree planted in a moist dark earth between sunrise and sunset. I cannot walk through all realms. I carry a yearning I cannot bear alone in the dark. What shall I do with all this heartache? The deepest rooted dream of a tree is to walk, even just a little ways from the place next to the doorway, to the edge of the river of life and drink. I have heard trees talking long after the sun has gone down. Imagine what it would be like to dance close together in this land of water and knowledge, to drink deep what is undrinkable. In the U.S., Oklahoma doesn't usually come first in our collective scenic imagination. We think of starker landscapes, the coasts in opposition. But in the middle of this continent, is a land full of wonders and layers. Ancient mountain ranges, broad expansive plains, savannas, woodlands, and mesas. The name Oklahoma is derived from the Choctaw Okla for people and Hama for red. Over the past year or so, since the major McGirt Supreme Court decision, media outlets have been saying, Half of Oklahoma is now recognized native land. But it's not really, at least not yet. That possibility is being threatened by the deeply embedded oil and gas industry and powers that won't readily respect tribal sovereignty because they never have. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Grace Lynch, and this is As She Rises. Joy Harjo, who you heard at the top of the show, is the country's first Indigenous Poet Laureate. She's now serving her third term, 
we bonded over the fact that we both play the saxophone. Joy is a member of the Muscogee Creek Nation and grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where her ancestors were forced to relocate six generations ago. When Joy was younger, she liked to sit with elders in her community, poets and musicians alike, to learn what she could. I got to sit in some circles of of Native people who talked about, you know, prophecies and, and what's to come. And one thing that they were all, they all predicted these times. They all said that if we did not, if we do not take care of this earth, that we are, we are, we are the earth. You know, we're not separate. If we do not take care of this body that is ours, then this is what's going to happen. We're going to see famines. We're going to see, you know, we'll see droughts, which will cause famine. We'll, we'll see earth changes. This is what we're going to see. And that's what we're seeing coming to pass. What's built into all indigenous traditions is uh, a deep respect and, and care. Most of the traditions have to do with care of the earth, that if the people did not continue you know, in those kinds of traditions, then, you know, we were going to suffer. The indigenous peoples of any lands are charged with taking care of those particular lands. So, of course, if you follow that, then indigenous voices are absolutely necessary in the discussion As we've noted throughout this series, indigenous voices should be central to climate conversations. It's an uphill battle across the U.S., and Oklahoma is no exception. One person who has been fighting to have her voice heard for a long time is Casey Camp Hornick. She's an environmental ambassador, matriarch, and drumkeeper of the Ponca Nation of Oklahoma. The sound where I am in the country is is multi-layered. It is the sound of the pileated woodpecker knocking on trees out there with big thunk, thunk, thunks. And it is the sound of the uh, softness of, of willows blowing. It is the sound of the little creek that flows and gives peace and beauty to this territory. It's the sound of the crickets and the sound of the uh, mosquitoes attacking at night where they're just buzzing you. It's the sound of a hummingbird going quickly past your ear and it's startling. And then at the same time, it's the sound of the combines and the wheat fields across the road from us and the disturbing of the little animals that live there and the birds that are trying to Uh, catch the bugs as they come by. We don't have traffic out here except for the kind of traffic that's brought by humankind uh, wanting to to have access to what they call resources and that we feel are sources of life. Julie is my Ponca name. Uh, It's my true name. I live in the occupied territory of Oklahoma. My colonized name is Casey Camp Hornick. The Ponca were forcibly removed from present-day Nebraska in 1877 and marched to present-day Oklahoma. 
Casey's grandfather was on the Ponca Trail of Tears. There's a duality when I think about home because my cellular memories, my genetic memories, make me love the original place of our home. And that's what's now called Nebraska. In our language, it's Nebraska. And we were forcibly removed to this territory when my grandfather was about six years old. So also now, home is, is Oklahoma. Modern Oklahoma is a fossil fuel dependent state. In 2020, Oklahoma was the fourth largest producer of crude oil and natural gas in the U.S. All over the country, the impacts of fossil fuel pollution fall most heavily on black, brown, indigenous, and poor communities. And it's no different for the Ponca. As a result of fossil fuel production in the area, the tribe's wells are so polluted that they have to buy water. Organic food cannot be grown within 16 miles of the reservation because the land is so toxic. Casey is an outspoken critic of these effects on her community. What many have hailed as economic progress from oil and gas industries, Casey calls environmental genocide. She told me the story about a reporter who came to town a while back. I told the reporter, would you do me a favor? And just as my people walk by, I'll call her by name and say, hey, would you mind if we just ask you one question? And that question would be, do you know any Ponca families that aren't suffering deaths from cancer? No one in my community knew one family that isn't suffering many deaths as a result of cancers. Not one family in our community is not dying of cancers, autoimmune diseases, children being born with bone cancers, asthma rates that are skyrocketing. Our babies, so many of them, when they go to school, will know just to ask one of their buddies, a cousin, Hey, do you have an inhaler? I'm having a hard time. I'm wheezing. They'll just pull one out of their pocket. They're so used to having to deal with this kind of situation. So environmental genocide, yes. The infringement on tribal sovereignty and the disproportionate impact of environmental hazards on indigenous tribes isn't new. Then, in July of 2020, it seemed like things might finally change in Oklahoma. In the landmark McGirt versus Oklahoma case, the U.S. Supreme Court legally affirmed that most of the eastern half of Oklahoma was recognized Indian territory, primarily as it pertained to the Muscogee Creek Nation. This decision had far-reaching legal implications, including the recognition of tribal sovereignty over environmental lawmaking. That last point is crucial. By recognizing the land as reservation territory, the decision upended the state's prior authority over this area, which also just happens to be where 40% of 
of Oklahoma's total monthly oil and gas is produced. It's an interesting concept, this idea of indigenous rights. And my brother Carter Camp was an astute scholar and leader of the American Indian movement when I was young. And when uh, self-determination came around and everybody bought in and said, whoopee, here we are, you know, exerting sovereignty again, he just kind of chuckled and he said, yep, we're as sovereign as they allow us to be, sis. Casey is referring to the American Indian movement of the 60s and 70s. It was characterized by a wave of activists around the country urging the U.S. to reckon with its history of violence against Native Americans. Some notable progress was made then, but Casey's brother is making the key point that there is only so much power a nation founded on the oppression of Native peoples is willing to give up. While a sweeping victory like the McGirt decision is uncommon, it's important to remember that, first of all, Oklahoma already is, and always has been, native land. Same goes for the rest of the country. And second of all, every treaty has been broken. If all native treaties were upheld, broad swaths of the nation would be recognized native territory. And sure enough, 11 days after the McGirt decision, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt began to dissolve its impact. He announced the creation of a commission designed to make recommendations to the state and Congress on how to handle the court's decision. This commission included no tribal leaders, but it did include members of the oil and gas industry. Two days later, Stitt found his loophole. An Oklahoma transportation bill from 2005 included a last-minute provision that was added over the protest of many Oklahoma tribes. The provision grants special environmental regulation authority over tribal lands to the state of Oklahoma. No need to get the typical authorization from Congress. All they need is EPA approval. And in 2020, following the McGirt decision, the EPA approved Oklahoma's environmental regulatory control over tribal lands. They make laws on top of laws that affect us. And we understand that uh, through the treaty rights, for instance, the Poncas have five treaties with the United States government, that everything should be technically on a government-to-government basis. We deal directly with the federal government. Uh, Governor Stitt wants that out of the way. He wants us to have to deal with him because the governor of Oklahoma And the petroleum industry, the extractive industry, uh, work hand in hand in in how they operate on on native territories. All of these people, the only way that they are funded to run for the offices and attain the offices that they have is because the extractive industry is the largest donor in their pockets. We live in a state that is funded by the extractive industry, actually built on that. And just as the extractive industries have built modern Oklahoma, they're also rattling the foundation of the land. Literally. More on that right after a short break from our sponsors. 
This week officially marks the beginning of COP26. And with that, there is global attention on what kinds of solutions and interventions could actually make a difference for our planet. I think that this new podcast, to a lesser degree from The Economist, is doing an exceptional job of weighing these ideas. A few weeks ago, their episode, Going in Reverse, examined what options exist for counteracting the impacts of the fossil fuel industry. They touch on how nature-based solutions will need to be designed and implemented with indigenous people, and what other technologies we'll have to use to make up the difference. To a lesser degree is taking a clear-eyed look at the people, politics, and technologies that will be needed in the fight against extreme climate change. Again, that's to a lesser degree. It's a new podcast on climate change from The Economist. You can subscribe and listen for free wherever you're listening right now. So with all this talk around COP26, climate change, the fossil fuel industry, and the future state of our dear planet, it can reasonably put anyone into a tailspin. But that's not our only option. With the creation of this show, I've had the opportunity to speak with a licensed professional therapist through our sponsor, BetterHelp. And I've found asking for help really empowering. With BetterHelp, you can send a message to your counselor anytime and get timely, thoughtful responses in return. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is available to clients worldwide, and since it's online, you're not limited by counselors in your area. You can find someone who specializes in exactly what you need, regardless of where you are. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month when you visit betterhelp.com rises. You can join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health when you visit our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash rises. Extractive industries in Oklahoma are causing real-time issues on the ground, literally shaking the foundations of the land. Man-made earthquakes plague Oklahoma. That's right. These earthquakes are not occurring naturally. Extracting oil and gas from the land produces a toxic byproduct called wastewater. To get rid of the wastewater, companies inject it underground in what are called disposal wells. These injections put stress on existing geologic fault lines or weakened shale. Oklahoma has experienced a 900-fold increase in earthquakes since 2008. In 2014, it was the most seismically active state in the lower 48. These earthquakes are shallow. Uh, these earthquakes are, as you said, man-made earthquakes. Who could ever even imagine that we'd put those words together and that they would be saying something real, you know? But the largest man-made earthquake here was a 5.8. And literally, you hang on when they happen. I, I happen to be in bed at that time and the bed is shaking and rocking and things are flying off of the walls and it is terrifying. We're experiencing violent earthquakes, which of course is another terrifying thing 
if you live in the nexus of pipelines that we do, all the pipelines in the United States, a majority of them end up here in Cushing, Oklahoma, and in Ponca City, North Central Oklahoma. And those are just under the surface of the earth. So when these violent earthquakes happen, we're terrified constantly of leaks and explosions that will happen. And then, of course, the fracking fluids and the tank batteries that contain all of the gases and things are leaking because of the earthquakes causing them to leak. And for those responsible for the wreckage of the landscape and health of her community, Casey isn't mincing words. The leaders of the, these extractive industry, they're mass murderers, and they need to be known as such. We need to start calling them out by name, each individual executive that's making the decisions to continue to do what they do instead of transitioning into renewable energies. They are murderers. They are sacrificing human life so that they could live in more comfort while the rest of us die. In 2020, Governor Stitt wrote a memo to Congress titled, One Oklahoma. It reveals how Stitt intends to strip the 39 federally recognized tribes in Oklahoma of sovereignty to create further room for oil and gas development. It was co-signed by the multi-billionaire Howard Hamm, who owns one of the nation's biggest independent oil companies and is also known as the godfather of fracking. The memo revolved around this idea that one Oklahoma can only exist if all Oklahomans are treated the same, regardless of race, gender, or affiliation. After listing out a bunch of principles, including one that stipulates all environmental regulations should remain the responsibility of the state, the One Oklahoma memo contains the following. Sovereignty. The state of Oklahoma supports, values, and embraces the culture and uniqueness of each of the tribes that resides within Oklahoma and supports the sovereignty of these tribes in a way that is consistent with these principles. In other words, you need to play by our rules. Or as Casey's brother put it, as sovereign as they'll allow us to be. The fight for indigenous sovereignty has never been more important for all humanity. It is no coincidence that more than 80% of the world's remaining biodiversity and intact forests are in indigenous hands. They are the original stewards and caretakers of our land and are the leaders in showing us what it means to live in sustainable harmony with the planet. We knew how to exist without breaking the world around us, without committing suicide as humans are doing right now. And I think if one looks too hard underneath the veneer of what is called civilization and sees the oppression of the indigenous people, the continued killing fields that we live in, because of the decisions made by their own federal government that 
are ongoing and not stopping, then they have to find a way. You know, they talk about reparations for our Black relatives, and we certainly understand that uh, that need and, and certainly feel as if that's due. But what are the reparations for us? How do my people, the Ponca, be able to go back to our homelands where it's still healthy and clean and be able to breathe good air and plant our corn and have a place for our generations to continue? We deserve that. We need that. Or else it is one more species called the Ponca that won't exist and right behind us is you and your children. I teared up when Casey said that last bit to me. Right behind us is you and your children. Now, I don't have children, but that's not really the point. It was a profoundly sobering moment. Casey also told me that the prospect of protecting land isn't an individual choice. It's more like a chain reaction. Continued efforts to silence Native voices. The open refusal to recognize a landmark victory in land reclamation in the name of One Oklahoma. These are patterns that make the knot of this history even tighter. It won't be easy to change the way these issues have echoed for 500-plus years. But every movement requires a community to turn the tide, a community that understands the ripples at stake. And I could enumerate all of those things that has reduced my people down to just over 200 in the past, the smallpox, blankets, on and on. But we exist today because we are resilient. And those circular ways of understanding are not gone from us. We haven't forgotten. You and all of your ancestors lived that same way once. And within your DNA, you're wanting to hear this message. That's why we're, we're here, you and I together today. But knowing better and taking action will make all the difference in our tomorrows. We're never too late. The earth is purifying herself. She knows what she's doing. So let's do our best to do what we have to do to align human law with natural law. It's not that hard. Let's do it. The situation on the ground in Oklahoma is evolving. Just last week, under the direction of Mayor G.T. Bynum, the city of Tulsa filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court. Its explicit request is to overturn the McGirt decision. The filing was made, unsurprisingly, without any warning to Oklahoma's tribal communities. Oklahoma is a heightened microcosm of the broader struggle for tribal sovereignty. Across the country, the U.S. government continues to deny treaties and restrict Native communities. Extractive industries continue to abuse and poison indigenous lands, literally shaking the foundation of the earth. 
In addition to staying up to date on the latest developments with the McGirt decision in Oklahoma, I encourage you to look at the state of tribal sovereignty closest to your own home, because returning land to indigenous people is imperative everywhere for the survival of all of us. So as the world turns its attention to the power players at COP26, it's important that we don't lose sight of the communities that have actually demonstrated the ability to successfully cohabitate with the natural world for over thousands of years. There are organizations you can support that are working to protect tribal sovereignty and promote indigenous land practices. One that Casey is intimately involved with is Movement Rights, which you can find at movementrights.org. To further immerse yourself, I also encourage you to check out one of Joy's nine books of poetry or her memoir that came out last month titled Poet Warrior. You can find these, along with her music and more, at joyharjo.com. As She Rises is a Wonder Media Network production. It's created by myself, Grace Lynch. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan. The show is produced by myself, Lindsay Crowderwill, and Liz Smith. Our managing producer is Emily Rudder. Editorial support from Ali Tejeda and Carmen Bocacarillo. Until next time. Are you ready to co-create the world we want to live in? Then I recommend you join the community listening to Our Body Politic, a political podcast that's by and for women of color, with everyone welcome to join the feast. The show offers a new view of the news, making politics personal, with host Farai Chidea, a veteran Black woman journalist who has reported all over the U.S., from Standing Rock to Air Force One, and covered every presidential election from 1996. Each week, with her passion and decades of experience, Farai gets real with the women you need to hear from, like Senator Tammy Duckworth, Interior Secretary Deb Holland, and author N.K. Jemison, and more. So if you want your politics news to lift you up and be useful in your daily life, then listen to Our Body Politic. Listen and subscribe to Our Body Politic wherever you get your pod. Hey, everyone. You can listen to every episode of As She Rises, including those from the newest season, ad-free with Wondery Plus. Find Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Casts.